This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Next month, the Ocean will release their eighth full-length, Fanriozoic 2, Mesiozoic, Seniozoic. In 2018, the Ocean released Faniozoic 1, Paleozoic, the first half of a sprawling but superbly cohesive paleontology concept album. Now the group is ready to release their eagerly awaited concluding parts of the Fanriozoic journey. Purchase your copies now at metalblade.com slash the ocean. Once again, Fanriozoic 2, Mesiozoic, Seniozoic. Purchase your copy now. Metalblade.com slash the ocean. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by Brandon Mother effing Han. You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. When he said Mother effing, he meant Brandon Gooch. Yes, Han. Brandon Gooch. That's Han. why you can follow him at your buddy Gooch. Right. That's where you, the Gooch comes in. That's not at your buddy in. motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Don't confuse people. I'm confused now. You threw in a lot of words. Let's keep big... it simple. And Sylvia, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at it's the Sylvia. Right on. That's, I like that's it. That's how I motherfucking like it. Just simple. Yeah. Keep it easy. <laughs> and also follow, <laughs> follow our other co-host Jocelyn Sharp. That's J. It's at J O Z A L Y N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, Facebook and Twitter, I am at Rise to Offend. Rise to Offend official. On the good old Instagram. This week, we have Maurizio from Cataclysm on the show, and we're here to talk about their new record, Unconquered, which is coming out September 25th. Such a great chat with him, guys. Make sure you hang out for that. But before we get to our interview, we always like to talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks News. Our only fan submitted one that we liked. <laughs> we love that one. Anyways, that's a news uh, sounder from a fan. We appreciate that, dude. So Chris Cornell's statue in Seattle. I, I don't know if you guys remember. They uh, put up a Chris Cornell statue. I feel like it's a few years back. Didn't really do a great job, if you ask me. No, uh, I saw it in person. You saw it in person. Yeah, and it's uh, it's like the... the face is like thin, mm-hmm. also a little bit crooked. Mm-hmm. It's not symmetrical. Um yeah. He has a weird like look on his face. They didn't really capture his gorgeousness. Yeah, he I has remember like a, he has like a who farted kind of look on the statue. On the statue, yes. Yeah. He he's like a who farted lip. Yeah, and he's like hmm? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like who farted and it's <laughs> like a pondering. No, yeah. Dude, give me. Why not have him yelling? It's or screaming or, or singing. You yeah, because like, he, like he has like his. He has well, a, you can make your own statue. I'm gonna okay of Chris <laughs> Cornell and do exactly what you said. I'm just saying paper mache hose. Mm. Who are you calling hose? You. Ah, oh, true. No, hey, not true. And your mom. <laughs> oh, that's a yo mama Suck joke. It. That, it, it wasn't funny. It wasn't. Was and it I Sylvia? love your mom. I'm no. Sorry. No. Okay, but. good. Okay. Okay. Because cool. <laughs> I, I have to know if I had to raise my voice or not. But mm. if it's oh. not funny, I'm not raising I get my that. voice. Oh, okay. I feel bad for the bad joke. Oh. So, anyways, <laughs> Pity someone it. who in Seattle, they painted the uh, statue white. Now, now, why would they do that? Is that that's, I'm is a little that, confused on that. I don't know. Remember when someone vandalized like Dimebag's 
grave. You yeah. know, same thing. I think they videotaped it and put it on social media or something stupid like that. They, did they just vandalize it just to vandalize it? Yeah, but they, I forgot why. That story, I, f- I forgot. But someone pretty much vandalized Dimebag's uh, grave uh, years ago and, and, you know, posted it. Look what I did, like type of shit. And people were mad, obviously. But it, the thing, the downside to that statue is when I went, there wasn't like a like a barrier around it. There was like a little fence. It was like you can go straight up to the statue and like take pictures or whatever. Which works in other countries. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> So you think? So what you're saying is, I, I, I looked up if anybody did uh, the fill from a Thin Lizzy statue. Nobody's vandalized that shit. He's good. Nobody's vandalized Bon Scott out in Australia. If I didn't look that one up, but you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I think I think uh, I think it's I'm okay sure it's not happened. to vandalize. I'm well, sure it's happened. Just nowadays, though, it's like why, you have why, to you why have are you to sure? talk about it. Why I'm, are you sure it was? Ha- why would why would someone vandalize Bon Scott statue? Because people are scumbags. There's like one the one out of every billion person is just a piece of shit. Yeah, also like, didn't they? Uh, why do it? The, why does it make sense to? Why would why would you not vandalize Dimebag's grave? It makes no sense. Just no. to be a fucking dick. Yeah. And that's just something. I think they vandalized a Little Mermaid uh, statue. And was it Copenhagen? Well, oh wait, is that true? I well, I want to say it was a Little fair, Mermaid. To be fair, Little Mermaid was super racist. So uh, I, I, at this point, uh, <laughs> really had a thing off, against lobsters. First off, that's that is. Look at you're trying to cancel the. We don't cancel on this show. We really, don't cancel no, on this show. Seriously, okay. Lobsters, all types. We're of not. That we're not. It was doing a crab. That to a yeah, um, not lobster. The point is, is that I feel we had this conversation before the show. Statues of anything and anyone. Our society has proven. A, we're going to tear them down later because they might not hold up with years to come, sure. right? The Rocky statue in Philly, I think, I don't know if people vandalize that, but that one I think we should leave. Everything else, though, it's it's like you really got to think about it. I think the thing I, is, though, is the Rocky statue, think about it. Like, once everybody dies... Mm-hmm that was around when that movie was made. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's going to be no reason to have it there anymore. Like, yeah. Rocky, the movie Rocky will live on for generations. Kind of like Gone with the Wind. Oh, shit. There you go, yeah. Okay. They're already calling that, they're calling that racist, and they're they're t- keeping that off HBO Max. Wizard of Oz? <sighs> no that one's that okay? I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I'm pretty sure <laughs> someone, someone out there has found a way to make Wizard of Oz racist. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. dude, you should hear the things the Scarecrow said about Munchkins. It so, was fucking brutal. In essence, you're saying we should never put up any statue of anybody because 50 years down the line, there's going to be something because times change and 50 people- years down the line, something will happen. Like maybe people are going to start vandalizing or they'll find out new information about this person and, uh, and, and then, then they're going to want to tear down. They'll be a villain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the thing because we'll never have a culture where the way things were. We don't understand that, well, opposed to the way things are well, now. There are different times. But, well, again, this is you all good. this is all the whole young versus old argument. Oh, yeah. young, young people, young old. people don't understand. You can sell that any day. Yeah, yeah. Young people, <laughs> young people weren't around when it was when when it was okay to say certain things, or it was just socially mm-hmm. acceptable. It's like, yeah, you might have gotten a sideways glance every now and then, but it was socially acceptable to do some mm-hmm. of this awful shit. You know? It was, yeah, absolutely. No, and uh, so what they did is they painted the statue white. Um, but I don't. Uh, I don't understand I don't the reason un- the vandalize. I don't. I, there's no message. It's just one of those things where I. Chris I, Cornell didn't do anything. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, Chris Cornell's a hero to all of us. You know, all of the, I think all of the it's rock and metal be, people. It's just to be you know? a fucking asshole. It's just to get assholes talking about it. You well, know I'm I mean? assuming that's, who did it didn't know who he was. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know. It could have been. I don't who's think this it, asshole. Yeah. yeah who's this, like, who's this guy? Fucking you know? whatever. So, um, but anyways. 
Unfortunately, I think I think statues. I think we should stop. Or you know what? Maybe uh, put the statue inside of Mopop. Hmm. Okay. I'm not opposed to putting things inside because then they're protected. But yeah. I, I am or put actually, like a barrier around. I am it. opposed because I feel like if if we as a society, you know. Even the dumb kids, we were dumb kids. If we can't have nice things outside and everything's got to be hidden behind glass, then I don't know, man. That's sad That's to me. That's just what we've turned into. Yeah. You know, and again, it's like, I'll vandalize it. We'll take pictures. We'll get it on our social. People will think we're cool or dicks. People are going to be talking about us. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the society that we're living in. It's like people are so obsessed with just having that 15 minutes, that million that million click video. I saw, it's just... It's, yeah. It's just that's what it is, dude. And it's like, and all that, and all that's gonna. Did you vandalize shit as a kid? Yes. Okay. A like, lot. What? Okay. What do you mean, though? Because uh, well, I, 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 I have you thrown, like graffiti. Uh, no, just broke stuff. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I was gonna say. Is like yeah. I, I egged cars once. And, yeah, egg cars and I've, stuff. You I've know. thrown a rock through a window. You know, I. <sighs> you know, I, I've done stuff that was stupid, but I killed an old lady once. It was just, dude. Um, it's shit nothing. happens. Shit happens. Yeah. You know, it's just. It's, that was a scamp. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Leave Chris Cornell alone. That's all I'll I say. hope. I hope. Seattle, I don't know what's going on up there, but why? Well, come on now. Oh, come dude, on, it, Seattle. Again, bro, it's just, it's every, it's just emotion overload. That's what's going Maybe. on right now, and people just are acting out. Yeah. That's what's going on. Man. Anyway, so. Rough time. Moving on to the next story. The story, we're going to talk about a band, a little band known as Limp Bizkit here, guys. Oh, God. Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Ooh, look at you. I know. Hey, man, wake up and smell the concrete. Oh, yeah. So Fred (laughs) Durst, lead singer of Limp turned 50, by the way. Uh, 50-year-old Fred Durst. half Half a century old, this guy. Very wise man himself. Um, He stated that uh, none of them were friends in Limp You could take that cookie and stick it up your ass. Now, I'm going to say this. That was good. I think what he meant is before Limp Bizkit got completely <laughs> tuned yeah, me he out. Was like, He's like, let me find where I'm at. Brandon, say something stupid. I and feel go like, time. I feel like, I feel like. The, you didn't even acknowledge it. I know, because I feel like the nookie joke is, is uh, <laughs> a little done. It's a little overdone no, at this point. Bring it back, man. Yeah, bring we're, back talking Limp Limp we're talking about Limp Bizkit. We're talking about how often does Limp Bizkit come up? And whenever Limp Bizkit comes up, I'm going to bring up the greatest lyric ever written by an artist, I, which I, is take that fucking cookie and stick it up your ass. And when Kid Rock's brought up, what do you bring up? Uh, <laughs> paint his wife white. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's part of that? the, it's part of Cowboy. Yeah, he oh. goes, yeah it's part of Cowboy. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to paint the sheriff's white wife's white or something. Yeah, I, I, yeah, whatever. Or I'm going, uh, or that's what else? That's a joke, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. Or I go ball with the ball to bang the bang. Diggy, 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 diggy. Mm. Okay, up so. jump the boogie. He yeah. said, what, what, "What is the Kid Rock thing?" I say. <laughs> like, I thought it was an American badass joke. Oh, American badass. Yeah. No, I never. Maybe not. No, I, there was. There's way more funny stuff to the make nookie fun jokes, of Kid though. Rock. Yeah, but I love the nookie joke. You can't, stick it up your aunt. It's stick the, it up your aunt. It, I'm telling you, man, dude. Seriously, I remember where I was when I heard that, and I was like, "Oh, things are going to be all right." And how many times have you told that nookie joke? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, this is the first time stops. I ever heard it. Yeah, it never stops. And here's the thing. When when Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit is back in the news again, guess what? I'm going to crowbar it in there. <laughs> I'm going to crowbar it the fuck in there. You guys expect nookie jokes I, every time we talk dude, about Limp Bizkit. It's the best fucking line. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard because it's so stupid. And he, when he was singing it, he I would like, give say me it like, something. He was like, yeah. 
Give me something to break out. Break your fucking face yeah. was pretty bad, too. Break your fucking face tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm going to rub your ass raw with a chainsaw. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. So all their, all their lyrics are pretty, Dude, pretty amazing. So, oh, wow. So anyways. Love Wes. Uh, yeah, love, everyone loves West Borland, but he said that none of them were friends. Now, I don't buy that. Baloney. I understand that Motley Crue hates each other. I understand System of a Down doesn't seem to be getting along. I understand that people grow apart. But Fame I and money tears I, you apart. Dude. I don't think it's possible for you to be in a band for years fighting your way to the top and not become friends for those years. Right. Now, of course, yes. Do I think they're probably not friends now? Absolutely. Do I think from, I don't, Limp Bizkit got popular well, quick, but let's say 97 to- and 99, that when they were on the road nonstop doing everything they can to get, they hated each other? I can't buy it. And that's what I'm getting at, man. Well, 97, I, I would say then they probably hated each other, but I'm talking about. And that's when they came out Keep, was in, mind, keep in mind, it was the eight. Oh, Limp Biscuit, I thought you were saying Motley Crue. Uh, no. no, yeah. That, dude, fame, drugs, women, money, all that shit, dude. It's like you get you get that thrown at you when mm-hmm. you're that age or you know, or at any age, and then you just kind of expect people to react the same way that they've always been when they had nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know what you're getting into, but I I totally agree with what Pete was saying. It's like you that's hard. Being that, in a band, that is a fucking life that is hard, and you gotta rely on one another. And during those times, they did that. You know, that's like saying after 30 years of marriage, me and my wife aren't friends. You know, it's like, well, maybe you guys are having some issues now when you grew apart, but, but in you the were fucking friends. You guys love each other. You guys were legit, like for you know a what? minute. You know? She's a right big cunt. I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Not that that never <laughs> happens. You know what I mean? Like, like you marry who you think is a great person. You yeah. crowbarred the c word in too. Didn't I you? did. Yeah, I did. I'm gonna rub your ass raw with a chainsaw. Break your face tonight. Uh, I can't believe that was a lyric. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. hard to believe. People sing that to this it, day. It's literally yeah, and it's just to this day live. They scream it. And nowadays, check this out too. These they're 40 year old men screaming that shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like again, yeah. when you were like in your 20s and you're going, all right, I like breaking stuff. I I've, I've been angry. I like vandalism. Fuck yeah, Fred. You know, like, fine. But when you're 40 and you're doing that and you're like, yeah, that's right. I don't know, man. Because I, I think about, like, my chemical romance and I'm... I'll, break your I'll fucking... Be, they're not... Are, I know. Chem- I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, like, the nostalgia part of it where I'm like, I'm not... No, I get like, it. I'll sing it and I'll be 42. It's just... I, I <laughs> yeah. get it. I get it. But it's just like, to me, there was I such mean, a... when there people see Jeff Like, you're right, Gerard Way. I'm not okay. I guess I'm what 50, it, but... Yeah. <laughs> I guess what it is is, like, with him, with, with, with Lip Biscuit though, it's... It's like those lyrics were so juvenile. And I'm not oh, saying that there wasn't other juvenile songs in ACDC and whatever, but it's like, but that was early rock and roll. It's like, we, we love that. Yeah. And Big Ballsy, that was totally in jest. Like yeah. that was, he was singing that in jest, but it's yeah. turned out to be a timeless classic song. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like with Fred Durst, it's like, is he really, those, those <laughs> albums, those songs, it's like chocolate covered starfish and hot dog flavored water, whatever the fuck it was. Like you named an album that and you want, it's just incredible the to me. The album cover was kind of cool. It's just like, but it's incredible to me. Like, <laughs> I know it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was. Badass it was, aliens. It was just buttholes everywhere. Yeah, and that's what I'm no, saying. No, it was like the aliens. No, that was a butthole. <laughs> Buckle up. It was the an alien sitting on buttholes. Yes. Yeah. Chocolate covered well, starfish. I was- 
11 when it came out. <laughs> right on. So you didn't get it. I didn't Sweet. Get there you go. Oh, I love the album cover. Why? Just a, I just I just love it. Sitting on stars. It like, was no. in jest. And the, the, the hit single ingest. Rolling was uh, yeah. in jest as well. I remember the video with Ben Stiller and Steven Dorff. It's just like, <laughs> right. what I'm saying, dude. It's like, God, I mean, it's Hey, like, but you know what? Let's let's go back to... Um, Oh let's, man! Let's, let's go back. You see the buttholes? Yeah. yeah. All right. There you go. Right sorry on. About sorry about that. What do you just you just opened her eyes? Thanks. Sorry for giving you the truth. No, you don't apologize oh, for the well, truth. Fuck, man. So, Sylvia is a stronger person for it now. So I guess in time, like you said, with with money and all that stuff, and you know these bands are going to tour because people want to see the hear those songs and sing those wonderful lyrics together. Um, do you think that every band at a certain point just aren't friends anymore? Uh, no, I think in every band, you know, you have your people that you turn to, like, you know, you look at Kiss, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you look at Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, and I don't know if they're friends, but they still have to stay in contact with one another because they split that name. You know, mm. it, it's not like Motley Crue. I think that's like, a bad example. I don't, I don't think they're friends. Oh, I'm but the thing is, oh, but what I'm saying is they're at least and business half the associates. They're business associates, and then they have two other guys that are their employees. Yeah. Well, we're not talking business associates. We're talking like friend. friendship. But I'm saying I think so. Like, well, I think people will grow apart, but they're still able to be together, interact with each other because of the music and because yeah. of what um, they have. So I, if I, that's the if that is the case, which I think it is, do you think they can write a good album? Right now, no. That's what I'm saying. It's like when when Limp Bizkit came out, when Limp Bizkit came out, it's like everybody kind of had the roles. Fred was clearly running the show, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and then Wes was the creative force behind it. I kind of felt like when it came to their to their music. But, uh, you know, and again, you don't know another person's name in that band. I don't know. Uh, DJ, DJ Lethal. 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 That's it. DJ Lethal. Yeah, there yeah. it is. And then there's Marty. <laughs> it's just, oh, but boy. it's just like but watching that band though it's like you ha to to put those albums together and to actually create music you gotta like that person right i mean it's like a, and then when they lay down a good track you're complimenting them you're spending way too much time in a yeah. studio like i said it's it's that's a, way too much time but in close quarters too and this is and when those guys were recording it wasn't like they were uh, emailing shit, but like they were now, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can, you can record an album and everybody's got their own studio and you could actually put it together. But back in those days, you had to spend time yeah. in there you with, to like put your feelings to the side. Yeah. And it's like, and, it, and the thing is always when you're spending that much time in there, there's going to be jokes. There's going to be moments where everything's loose. And then, you know, maybe you pull aside DJ lethal and be like, you know, Fred's a fucking asshole or whatever, you know, but, but don't tell him, don't tell him I said that. And then, and then he does. Oh, and then, like then after bitch. he does, it's never the same. Then they were never friends. Yep. Nobody gets a cookie. Stick <laughs> it up here. <laughs> All right. We're moving on. The nookie jokes, they're getting me today. Anyway, so <laughs> next story you want to touch on, guys, before my interview with Maurizio from Cataclysm is that Corey Taylor, if you guys don't know, um, when Warship Music, which was in a fantastic anthrax record i believe it was eight years between records from so we come for you all the the kind of the last record they did with the john bush era fantastic record then they went on a reunion tour with joey belladonna for a while then belladonna left and dan nelson was in this band for a while then dan nelson left and they toured a little bit with john bush again and then joey belladonna came back and they recorded Warship Music, which is a phenomenal record, which I wish to God I can hear John Bush actually sing on that record. I think that would be amazing. But in between all of that nonsense, the eight years of getting that song and that record put out, um, Corey Taylor was asked to uh, join Anthrax for that album, and uh, Roadrunner Records was like, you're not allowed to do that per contract, and he said it broke his heart. Now, 
thoughts? Well, I mean, I'm sure that's one of his bedrock bands. I mean, it's like, let's face it. I mean, he's part of the big four. Mm -hmm. Anthrax is legendary. They're one of the most legendary thrash groups of all time. He grew up listening to them. He had a, a, they, they respected him so much that they wanted him on their record. He, of course. I mean, it's like yeah. when your heroes ask you to do something, it's like you want to- You want to drop everything yeah, and do it. you want to do it. Oh, but the contract. But the contract. I see. I oh. find it weird, though, when- I'm not saying he wouldn't do a decent job, but he's got too much identity with Slipknot. Like when Chester Bennington joined Stone Temple Pilots- it was good. They sounded great live. They put out some yeah. good songs, but there was uh, an identity. Well, yeah, it wasn't Stone Temple for Pilots. Me. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it was Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. And yeah, then you're like Corey Taylor from Slipknot, though. Yeah. But I mean, look at kind it this of the way: same when level, John Bush, right? when John Bush joined Anthrax, people weren't like, "Oh, this is definitely Anthrax." I mean, the whole sound yeah. changed. It all it completely changed. So, uh, again, this is just another classic example of when you get rid of the lead singer. Mm. You know, th that is the identity of the band. Mm -hmm. If Corey in, Taylor in some cases. was allowed to join Anthrax, um, do you think it would have been for one album? Do you think he would have tried to do both? Do you think, I mean, I don't know. He had Stone Sour at the time too. Like he's always super busy, but I feel like Anthrax would not, during this time after worship music, that's when the big four concerts, that's when all these things kind of happened and Anthrax kind of came back into the public eye. During the John Bush era, even though we're huge fans of that era, Anthrax was on a decline. I don't like, think pretty bad, and, and you know, and that's probably why they wanted to jump on Corey Taylor's coattails for a second. I don't you know? think it would have worked personally. It might not have worked. Yeah. I'm not saying it would have. I think it would have done not what worked. What, but what happened with Stone Temple Pilots? It would have worked for a minute, and then people would have clamored for him to go to Slipknot. Well, you know, again, dude, it's like it's just one of those things where you know you join forces, you get people talking, there's buzz, you get a little press, and that's kind of what I think they were doing it for. And in yeah. Corey, and in Corey's situation, I mean, this is a guy that, God, I mean, how much stuff does the guy do? It's like he's yeah. an author, he's a ghost chaser, he's a fucking comic book writer, uh, wrote movies, directed directed mm -hmm. some stuff, uh, you know, obviously frontman for some bands. It's like acted in some things. It's just like the guy's done everything. Mm -hmm. And he just sounds like a guy that doesn't like to say no. And does, and whenever there's a, whenever there's an opportunity to stay busy, I think that's like, let's do it. Let's yeah. go, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, and I agree with that, but I also think that guys like that, um, they're going to get so many opportunities that if they don't start saying no to stuff, their main gig, their main focus, it's going to be lost, and the fan well, base is going to split. Stone Sour, it's already on hiatus. In, indefinite yeah. hiatus, yeah. so yeah. he has to drop something. And we've brought this up, yeah. and we've brought this up before with him. It's like, dude, that guy is constantly... Uh, in your face, like mm -hmm. when it, YouTube or Instagram or something, it's like, dude, he is constantly out there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, man, it's but like that's how you get. That's how your that's, that, that's helps brands. Yeah, these days, that's the thing, you know? man. It's like it's it's like you have to put in that work. And Music Corey is kind of secondary, and that image you're talking about and being out there with fans is kind of primary. Well, this is kind of what I think has happened. It's like when before back in the days, you know, you'd have a, a manager or something and they would handle all the business. Mm -hmm. Your job was just strictly to be an artist. That's it. And why I think art has taken such a beating over the last few years is because now the ones that make it, the artists that make it, they also have to be the business behind it. So when you're putting a lot of your energy into promoting your band and getting it out there and stuff, you know, that does take away from the creative element, I, I believe, anyway. I, I think that mainstream art that we consider art, it's because of the entitled culture that we kind of have. Art, great, amazing 
crazy art in the world always comes from like people rising up from struggle, you yeah. know? And when you're entitled, you don't rise up from struggle because you feel something's owed to you. So I don't think a lot of the mainstream areas, that's why art is kind of at a mediocrity pace. But I think in all these places where people are still struggling, they're making amazing and amazing shit and those scenes might grow. Unfortunately, yeah, we, we've kind of lost that because of what's going on because we feel like, yeah, you know, and everybody in Western culture is like this is we feel like the entire world is what we see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In actuality, there's somebody out there struggling with a hand, uh, a paintbrush that's been painting since they were 11 years old doing the most amazing art in the world. But if you're not going to get marketed, you don't get seen. Yeah. yeah. And so it's still out there. It's I'm just saying truly it's underground now, like truly underground. That's like what a, I'm saying. a neighborhood knows about mm-hmm. it. That's you what know? I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. And it's like, and the thing is, though, is people with money the, the, and that can actually market your product, yeah. they, they are only going to shoot for the middle. They're not going to yeah. shoot. It's like, oh, because it sells. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever that's, can that's sell. The they're going to so, shoot for yeah. So whatever, whatever bargain, ba- bargain basement stuff that, you know, music that we're getting that just sounds like the next artist, just like the next artist, just like the next artist. It's like, you know, those guys, again, they knew how to get their business right so they can put themselves in front of the people with the money, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, usually, again, the most brilliant artists, it's like, think about it, dude. Like, uh, so how many amazing artists that we grew up listening to and worshiping. And then when you find a little bit about their personal life, you're like, Oh, that's weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just think that when you are an, an original artist, voice, yeah. an original voice, you're going to be strange, mm-hmm. which is okay. My friend. So art, like just I said, hard, it's, it's hard underground, to market, but it's hard to market. You though. can't, you can't tape. Tra- ah, everything's, Everything's easy to market these days, I think. You, you just got to think like everybody wants you to think. That's You'll be fine to sell. And, that's so. not, and, that, doesn't, and that doesn't make great art. No. Absolutely nobody's, not. Nobody's, nobody's having right. art. We're too, like I said, that's, that's the entitled culture. Yeah. That, that's unforgiving. That's the entitled culture. And like I said, that's Western world. That's Western culture right now. But it's not the world. There's great art out there in the neighborhoods. Just, you know. Go walk around and ask ask around in your neighborhood, guys. You'll find some great shit. But you'll also find plenty of cookies. Uh, fucker. <laughs> Let's <laughs> jump into my interview oh, guy boy. with Mauricio from Cataclysm. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I got Maurizio from Cataclysm, and we are here to talk about their new record, Unconquered. It's coming out September 25th. Now let's let's jump right into the record. Now, what do you need everybody to be on the same page when writing new music? What do you need everybody to be like? All right, this is where we have to be to be focused on 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 writing some new material at this point. I think it comes with uh, you know the, the the what's going on in the moment. You know, uh, it's it's it, every record Cataclysm's written has, has been different in its delivery and its perception and its and its team you know like the the overall um idea of, of cataclysm is um very in in like very connected to society and what's going on but mostly what's going on with the individual you know what's going on in your head and and the things that 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 you fight for uh daily and and it might be your mental state might be everything you know so we we have um this kind of message that's kind of uplifting but it comes from a dark place so so the record for me at least this one was not written by the entire band this this album was written by mainly myself and jf the guitar player um i 
for some reason, felt a lot of anxiety over the years uh, that accumulated. I think I, I, I've, I've never taken a break. Um, you know, people that know me know I'm an art, a workaholic. And, um, you know, I, I, I got signed when I was in my teens to Nuclear Blast. I'm like the oldest band signed to that label with Meshuggah, I believe. Yeah. So, so we, so I never stopped, you know, the band's going on 30 years next year. And, um, it's, if you do the math, that's like, uh, this is our 14th record. So it's like uh, a record every two years, pretty much and touring the world and, you know, never stopping. And I think that I, I was starting to get a little bit of exhaustion last year and, I got all this adrenaline in me, and I, I told Jeff, "Look, we got to do this record, but I want to do it, and I want to take over, and I want it to be this way." You know, that it came out really aggressive because that's how I felt. You know, so people are like, "Oh, they're coming back like the old days," and it's really because I just felt like I wanted to destroy stuff. You know what I mean? I I, I came in the studio and I, and I and I was just driven, and um, I, the rest is history. I mean, the the record's going on, the band's going on thirty years. It's called Unconquered because of that. Uh, it's a statement for us, saying that we're still here after all these years, and and you know, doing our thing. But stopping um, doesn't that bring you a lot of fear because you don't know the world where you're not on a go 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 mentality. Cause... That's and that's the thing. I I needed the break. My family was like, "You need the break, dude. Like you just you're just that crazy guy. You manage all these bands." You know, I have a management comp- company called Hard Impact, and I manage, you know, Flesh Got Apocalypse, Septic Flesh, all these bands, and 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 uh, and I have an agency in the U.S. Uh, like I'm in in Los Angeles called Continental, and that's booking tours. So you can imagine that I was about to start saying, "Hey, I'm going to take a little break," but then this thing comes, right? And this thing doesn't come saying, "Hey, take a break for a month and then get back to work." It tells you you're not moving. Nothing's going to happen. Everything you planned is gone. Uh, your entire world is going to be upside down now. And you don't have control. And I think that's driving me even more crazy than I was last year. <laughs> because it's just putting me in that place of like, you know, it's it's. I don't like, first of all, to be told what to do. But when I'm in a position, I don't have a choice. Uh, it, it, it gets me crazy because all I know is running. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I think I I relate to that on so many levels is that um, same thing when this thing hit, they're like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I I don't know, but I have to bide my time. I'll go find a job I don't want just so I'm doing something, you know, and that was something I did do. I'm like, I'm just going to go work here for a while just because, you know, I'm making money. I'm moving uh, as long as I can have headphones on when I work. I don't care. And then I realized I'm like, I'm really missing out i'm not happy doing this like took a step back and you know there was all these factors that came in after i dove in if that makes sense oh it does absolutely yeah. and then what you know a lot of a lot of i mean i don't know like a lot, i know a lot of musicians that are that are freaking out they're not saying anything you know but there's there's a lot of people that are just like hey what's gonna happen because this is this is a problem that's just not um you know a momentary like a, a problem for the moment this is something that's that's gonna be echoed in like year two years because clubs are going to go down um there's going to be such a big demand for concerts when it comes back but you're not going to have the infrastructure like you have it now i think especially if this continues to go the way it goes and that's going to wipe out a bunch of bands i think um and i I hate to be death and gloom but it just doesn't look like we got a grip on this thing doesn't doesn't look like you know it looks like you know how it looks it looks like a little better you know every two months it's a little better but it's not going as, as fast as, as everybody wants to. And and I think people are starting to lose patience. You see it in society every day yeah. with everything going on. 
so it's it's a cumulative thing you know when when your whole world's just torn upside down you know so uh, musicians are going to get hit the hardest man and it's not nice you know it's not a nice thing a nice feeling or anything that's for sure and people are transitioning away from like for me for example going to shows doing these things that have been my regular for yeah 30 years of my life forever i mean that's that's kind of that's my good habit. You know, either, either you get bad habits or good habits. My good habit was always like going to a concert. That's it. Having, doing your thing, you know, having a good time because I'm not a big drinker or anything like that. And mm-hmm. now I had to replace that, you know, the last six or seven months. And it's it, it, who knows if I prefer what I replace it with. Do you know what I'm saying? Like who knows if, if it's going to be the way it used to be for a lot of us because if you change your way of life and, and, it, and there's a little more peace or a little more uh, – I don't know, uh, a little more, just just less fear, I guess, or less anxiety. Maybe you stay that way because anxiety. I'm anxiety driven. I think I think everybody I know that's successful. The whole world is now. is anxiety driven. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And now we can't drive our anxiety anywhere during this time. Exactly. Um, yep. So it's it's kind of interesting. I, I do I, like I said, working out. I've I've heard so many band people say, "Hey, work out, do these things like that." But that is truly has been. You know, for me, uh, a big, a big deal. Now, obviously, it doesn't pay the bills, but you know. <laughs> right, 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 and, and and that's you know, it's it's in that that's the other factor. There's so many. There's you know, I haven't seen my family because I've and I live in the U.S., but my mom, you know, my brother, everybody's in Montreal in Canada, mm-hmm. and and I haven't seen them since November of last year. So, and I don't know if, when I'm going to see him again. You know, my mom's 76 years old and it's like, you know, every, every year that passes is like crazy for us not to see each other because, you know, time flies. So it's like, so you got this going on and then, and then, you know, like you said, you know, like you're trying to channel all your anxiety, your energy and all that stuff. Luckily for us, um, we took the decision of releasing this record now, because if I wasn't promoting this record and keeping busy i would have i think i would go even more crazy than i am right now but the thing is is that uh, there's a reason why we did it also because you know our label was like push it to 2021 it's a strong record we think we could do a lot with it Mm -hmm. it'll be safer next year and it'll be like you know more records will be sold and whatever you know you're looking at a business end that makes sense but um, this is not the reason we started a band. This is not the reason why we're in music. Music is made to be therapeutic sometimes. And for me, it is absolutely a therapy, you know, right now, especially. I felt that this, the message Cataclysm has and with the music, it was the right time to do it. I find it unmetal. Of, uh, am I getting in trouble? But I find it unmetal of all the bands that were supposed to release records this year and are like, no, I'm not going to release it. I'm going to wait until it's beautiful, you know, because that's not metal. You know, we all sing about the death and gloom, the darkness and all that. So we're in it. You know, it's like this is this is about, you know, as real as it gets for metalheads to be out there and and, and putting music out and becoming, you know, together with the fans because we're all in the same boat. So we want to help each other. I put the music out. The music's supposed to help you get through this, you know, and I think it's an important time. Ben, stopping putting music out, you know. And, and and just waiting it out what is that going to do it's not going to help anything i think it's going to actually you know worsen the situation uh, for our industry so i commend all the bands this year that put records out including myself <laughs> yeah no that's that's a fair thing because you're right it will it will bottleneck um uh the fan base uh when they get a, a bunch of releases or a bunch of concerts and all those things it's going to just everything's going to just kind of go and everybody's going to be splitting more or less less pie because unless all these bands like we were talking about just end 
you know, um, which which will be a factor as well. But um, that's the thing is like when it comes to music, it will you know it'll, it'll be there. Like when when you guys decide to tour, say touring comes back around, right? And right. I'm just guessing, of course, 2021. Let's just say January. Now, um, whatever. That's just a date. But the music that you guys go out there and you present, it's still going to be there for us fans, you know. And right. like any record, if it was written 30 years ago mm-hmm. or two months ago, it only matters to the to the listener when they're listening to. It. But I think I think people will connect more now because yeah. they'll remember this record when it came out. You know, when 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 things were bad. You know, it helped me, and then that that's how you do that connection also. So I think it's actually a good time. You know, if you want to be out there and 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 attach yourself to to the fan base that that's already there waiting, and even a record called Unconquered, the timing. You know, this record was done last year. It was finished in December. It was titled Unconquered from last year, and then we. I was just like, the timing is right, and it makes sense to release it now with a title like that, and just give some hope. You know, some sort of, you know, um, um, idea behind uh, the, the 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 fighting spirit. You know what I mean? So, um, you know. It, it's it's unprecedented. Nobody knows how to navigate this. Uh, when we first, you know, got the news and everything, and the record labels were freaking out as well. It wasn't like you know, a lot of people like are quiet about it, right? You could feel like that there's this eerie quietness about everything, and it's just waiting and waiting. But I think that's gonna start breaking down soon because nobody's gonna do a year, two years of this and just stay quiet and just die out. I think people are going to start flipping out soon (laughs) because it's just not sustainable. We're not meant, we're not meant to be this way. You know, we're supposed to interact with each other and and be out there and socialize. You cannot do social distancing forever. It's just not going to work out that way. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, so we're hoping for the best that this thing gets behind us soon. And uh, hopefully we can get back to some sort of normal, but for us as musicians, as record labels, as uh, agents, especially the agencies and the metal guys that put the shows together and the concerts and the tours, we're in it for a big, 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 uh, um, reckoning, I think, because it's not going to be very easy to put all this back together, uh, as people think. Yeah, just it's open now, go tour. It's not going to be like that. <laughs> it's no. going to you got to reinvent the whole thing. You you did bring up continental touring, and um, mm-hmm. we talked to Daniel uh, Defonce uh, on the show right before co. I think it was the week before it happened. I think I aired his episode, and yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. and and at the time, obviously, it's like it. I, I, I virtually did the interview, COVID happened, and I aired it, I think, a week after. And I was like, wow, that's dated. Because <laughs> you know, like, we were talking about all the tours that were going on. Um, but um, he did make a statement, I remember, later on uh, to to Vince uh, from Metal Sucks. And he did state that he doesn't think touring is going to come back for like a year, year and a half. This was early on into the process. Now, mm-hmm. with all the venues that and all the bookers and all the people that you have to talk to, in order to make these things happen as a manager as well, it's going to have to start from scratch, don't you think? Or do you think all those people well, will still be around? The thing is, is a lot of these tours for 2021 are rescheduled in the clubs, right? So yes. so uh, the ones that are already there are going to remain where they are. Um, the structuring of the deals are going to change so that the, the promoters are not taking too much of a hit either because they lost so much money waiting for it to open, you know, like and all that. So we're kind of working together on that. But some clubs might not make it all the way there. Then you have to switch those clubs to other clubs that are still alive. And that's where we don't know how long that's going to go. I think um, 
the open airs is what's going to come first because obviously with this virus with the with the open uh you know being outdoors uh has it's better you know than being enclosed so i think that we're going to have some sort of normalcy coming back maybe next summer in europe maybe with some open airs some little things like that here in the us that's going to come back like that um and then from there into the fall as this vaccine starts making its rounds we're maybe going to be able to open and it's going to take I think touring to what it was, you're looking at 2022, maybe 23, something like that. I, I, I don't, 21 is going to be a transitional year. That's, that's the way I see it. Yeah. And the problem is middle class bands, which is the majority of, of metal bands, okay, they cannot go two years without touring. They cannot go six months. Yeah. So this year is already survival. Some of them you could see already, you know, bands breaking up and stuff it's going to get worse and then there's going to be um a lot of them are going to lose a lot of members because of this that that i can predict and i can tell you because of the financial situation and people are just going to be like f this i'm going get a job i don't care i can't be i can't you know wait a year two years and that's the problem with what we're looking at right now from what i'm getting information and what i'm seeing out there it's it's looking like because it's, it's getting delayed it's slow even the countries where they had it in control everything's great and then two minutes later you know like two months later boom they're back in it you know so it, it's it's you know the only way to contain this whole thing would have been the whole world at the same time doing it together mm-hmm. like in the big family holding hands, which will never happen. So, basically, so basically, that's the realistic view I got on it. Who knows? That's the problem. It's the who knows. I, I've said that many times. I'm like, this is an all in moment. If we're not all in, eh, it's not even worth yep. talking about. And I ain't doing you know, no drive through, yeah. playing to tin cars. I was just about to bring like, that up. Tin yeah. cans, you know, I ain't doing any of that. Some of my bands on management are doing a lot of. Um, they're doing a lot of uh, compromises uh, called uh, either live concerts and streamings and stuff like that that I have, and they do really well with it. You know, Flesh Got Apocalypse did really killer on theirs, and you know a lot of the bands are doing killer stuff. But um, the 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 thing is, is 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 it's not for me. I just Cataclysm Strong Point's always been the live. You know, like we we are a live band, and this band is built on that from day one, and it's going to be. Uh, we prefer to wait it out all the way through than to just go out there and do concerts that are like the stream concerts. I just don't feel comfortable with that, you know? So that's my opinion. And I'm sure there's others like me, but maybe some get real desperate. They'll do it. You know? we'll oh, yeah. See. yeah. Case by case. You said it. Now you did mention the 2023, you think the normalcy 2022, 2023, which again, um, we're all guessing, but that if that's a fair assessment, this record, Unconquered, that's what we're talking about, guys. Make sure you're pre-ordering this September 25th if you haven't yet. It's a fantastic record. We're going to talk about a couple tracks in a second. But mm-hmm. you're going to have the time to possibly write another record before you guys can go back on tour. Now, that's what I guess I mean is that will that affect what you got right here for us if you guys that's get motivated? Very, that's a very, very good question. I am also like, you know, my sign i'm a gemini right mm-hmm. so i have a side that's a bit pessimistic and i got a sign a side that's a bit optimistic it looks like the beast that's on the artwork right? yeah it's ripping that's, your own that's heart me out right yeah. There. yeah that's me right <laughs> so so i i i have a side of me that's optimistic and thinking that maybe you know end of this year vaccine comes in 
And then by next summer, I'm doing open airs in Europe and I'm supporting this record already, you know, and then we'll do some some touring and stuff like that. Um, but then I have the realistic me that says, hey, you know, it's not going to be that easy. Um, but if if our tour dates that we had this year are saved next year in the sense that we're the things are open next year, we'll be able to support it properly, you know, because we're booked already all the way to Jan- early January of 2020, 22, 22. So basically the band everything we had this year just got postponed to next year now next year doesn't happen all of that gets destroyed right because you're not going to keep postponing I, like clubs are going to be like i don't care i'm going to wait until they open now because i can't keep doing this you know that's that's the thing you're going to get away with it one year so we're hoping that vaccine comes end of the year it starts spreading into next year and then some of the stuff next year happens right and then you'll get this like kind of bottleneck effect a little bit but it'll open up mm-hmm. but if everything continues to go you know two years three years it's going to be chaotic like dev- devastating that's for sure that that's at least that's my assessment on my realistic side i'm hoping my optimistic side is, is right on this one and would you write another record do you think before um i think that the only way to survive if you're not going to tour is going to be putting content out regularly so it's because you can you can you know attach it to selling merchandise and you can you know get your stream numbers up some royalties if you're that lucky band you know cataclysm luckily is in that world where we're able to make a bit of money off that stuff so it's 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 uh you know we were well managed mm-hmm. you know in the sense that we were prepared uh you know i'm always a paranoid your anxiety my anxiety or makes us safe in certain ways, you know, so we've always been very well governed in that world. So we're able to sustain this, but it's like, like obviously not forever. So yes, to that question, I would probably uh, have to put some material out uh, in about two years or, you know, something like that, if, if for sure we're not going to do anything. And that would be a shame because this record is built for a live audience, you know. Uh, yes, from start to finish, from start to finish, it really is. Um, and I do want to touch base on a couple songs. Like, there's a song that I, I, I really lyrically, I, I, I was trying to break down. I don't have the sheet with me, obviously, because I just got the uh, the promo copy. But "Focus to Destroy You," can you tell me what that song's primarily about? Um, uh, yes, it's it's being trusting somebody, and it's I know it's a cliche, trusting somebody that you don't think gonna betray you but then betray you and it has nothing to do with a with a relationship uh for me it was more in a business sense of the thing i i i put i put a lot of my uh real life experiences in my music you know because that's the to me it's being truthful to writing lyrics unless you're you're, you're a storyteller uh if you write lyrics it's because they come from a deep place so for me it's 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 something that happened uh and and um I, i'm a, i'm the type if you hit me, I am not. I am not giving you my right cheek. I'm gonna hit back. So basically, I will, and I will take my revenge in my time in the Machiavellian style. You know, so that's what focus to destroy you is. You know, and and I kind of talk about, you know, when the lyrics start, uh, I kind of talk about where I come from. Loyalty is life, right? And that's going back to when I was a kid growing up, you know, so basically it's kind of like a little autobiography, but it's not fully, but it's just kind of like saying, look, this is where I come from. I thought you were from the same spot I was and you're not, 
and you know that's that's pretty much you know and now you're gonna pay the price because you know you did something you shouldn't have done and and uh, I'm happy to report that that happened. Oh, it did. Yeah, you. So your focus did not fail you. If we, no, did not. That's what I like to hear. Excellent, man. But yeah, dude, loyalty. Oh man, it's something that for my generation, at least when I was growing up, and stuff like that. To be loyal, to be honest, to be honorable. Um, there was really no compromise with that in any faction. Whether it's no, it's you know, your actions match your words. That's, I grew up like that, yeah. and I was I was brought up like that, mm-hmm. and that was my everything. It still is, and and unfortunately, that's something that's kind of like going in the back door more and more. I find like mm-hmm. it's not something that people take to heart anymore, and I I feel sometimes disconnected with the world because of it. You know, like it like I I I my, somebody's word for me is everything. You know, like it's important. My I, I mean my word. Mm-hmm. My word is everything. If I give you my word. You know, you might not like everything I tell you, but what I tell you, it's true. You know what I mean? And I find that now everybody's just going to say anything just to please, or they're going to say nothing because they're afraid. So it's kind of like a, a weird world we're living in right now, I feel. It is. There's there's a, an overwhelming fear of uh, confrontation, but it seems like there's more confrontation because of that fear. <laughs> so Yeah, because you know, what, happens, what happens when you bottle up everything? Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah, I'm with you, man. If you confront someone right away, usually issues are resolved. But if you sit on 10 things at once and they all come out at once. And then they explode. Exactly. So, so like, you know, you, you know, you, you got society right now on one side completely exploding. I, I, I don't want to know what happens when the other side completely explodes. (laughs) And and a guy like me that's in the middle. Just (laughs) watching. Just watching so, I don't know. see which side's gonna attack me first. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, right. look, it sucks because I don't have a side. I know I don't trust either one of them, right? Um, exactly. But uh, and I've actually had co- or like I've had conversations with both sides. As crazy as it is, just by being out and about, and I'm like, man, I'm I'm actually I'm not on either team. But man, you guys are you guys are either like you're on my side or you're dead. And that's an, that's something that's, exactly that's exactly really confusing. That, that's my problem, right? That's yeah. my problem. I don't like being tugged one side or the other, mm-hmm. but eighty percent, I would say, maybe that's a lot. Maybe seventy mm-hmm. are in the middle. Okay. Are in the middle. They just they just too much to lose. or don't want to talk. They don't want to be involved. You know, it's and and I think most people agree with things on both sides. You know, with things, not everything. Some things don't make sense, and some things do. But but most people are there because that's your neighbor everywhere you walk, and you say hi, and you say hi back, and everybody respects each other. And then you got that you got that that thing that does exist, right? But you're getting polarized. You're getting pulled right in the middle by both sides, and and you kind of get to do that. And to be honest, that ex- that exists now in the music scene too. It's in our world now in in metal also. You have that division that like pull like that that you know forcing things to be a certain way as well and all that so it, it's you know it is what it is i guess it's the world we live in now and you either have to adapt or you have to be a goner i guess i have no idea i just i just do my thing you know i, I created my bubble and i'm happy in it yeah absolutely no I'm, I'm i i feel exactly like you feel like i'm like i i i know I know that I am good to people. I'm kind to people. I'm fair to people. I know if they're not that way with me, yes, then they're going to get the ugly side of me, you know? Um, exactly. But yeah. the, the representation, I think that like, um, I have to think or be or feel like someone goes, just to take your own words, goes against what metal was, you know? There is ignorance mm. in our scene. 
There is there is intelligence oh, there in is our totally, city. Oh, There's I mean, all yeah. those things. Our job. As a doorknob, you know? <laughs> yeah, our job who wants those riffs and those loud amps is to, to me at least, is to listen and, and, and embrace whatever stupidity there is and try to show them a different way. You know? Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good way to do it. I mean, that's a you know education, right? In mm-hmm. the sense of like you know trying to better things. I, I'm about that. Like I'm I'm not. If I see you know that's one of the reasons I, I got also into management. It's it's you know I say I saw too many bands out there doing things the wrong way, you know, and and I was like, well, maybe if you do it this way, it'll be better. And it and it was constructive, you know, like the constructive part. It's like now it's like you don't agree with me, you're an asshole. Uh, F you and you know they destroy you you know they cancel you they say now whatever it's yeah, called yeah. So, so you know you're canceled for giving your opinion so what happens nobody gives an opinion right at all people are afraid and what happens after that then that's when you get into the auto- authoritarian mentality of people that hey this works all I got to do is cancel everybody and I get my little gang here and then what? What's that? That's also bullying. That's also the exact opposite sometimes of what you're trying to achieve. You know, you become it. So, so yeah. So basically, that's that's what's up, man. I, and I'm, uh, and I, and I'm part of me is like sad sometimes about the, the state of the world and everything. You know, you know the whole thing. Like, how, what can we just get along? <laughs> it's like it was easier, let's say, years ago, and I thought it was it was a tough. And now it's just like you know, maybe it has to happen so that we can understand each other better on everything. You know. I think that you nailed it, and yeah, I do agree with the last statement you said completely. Is that it's education, but the problem is, is that we're we're getting misinformed. You know, we we're not we can't get the proper education. I and I and, agree with, and look, that's what's killing. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah, me and you are on the same page on this, and and I think yeah, you don't you don't know what to trust, yeah. what what to see, what to believe. You know, with this pandemic was crazy. You know, imagine you're scared, right? You're scared with something that's happening, right? And then all of a sudden, right? Um, all these conspiracy theories come out. Yeah. All these people come up with all this stuff. Now you're like, hey, man, maybe it's true or maybe it's not. And then you start getting into this craziness. And, and then what? what's the truth? Who who has the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, media has been the destruction of all this because it was a time where they used to just give the news. Hey, this happened today in Tokyo, or this happened in Italy, or this happened, this is what's going on today, unfortunately, blah, 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 blah. And that's it. Now, they give your opinion. They say, no, it's not good to be like this because of this. And I think each side, and I'm not talking about one, you know, uh, network, all of them, you know, they're just having uh, their opinion. I, I always thought of a news guy just giving the news. Now, they're, they have opinions. And when you have an opinion, you're taking a side. And when you take a side, you don't know where the truth is, you know? So, so, so I, I, that, that's my problem with a lot of it. It starts with that. It starts with schooling, you know, when teachers tell you, this is how you should think and, and all of it together, you have a society like we have now mm-hmm. that's sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? doesn't know where it's going, you know? So media for profit, it should not be a phrase, uh, because that exactly. means it's motivated by money. And when we yep. go back to what we grew up on, and this is where I feel like a dinosaur sometimes loyalty, honor, <laughs> honesty, well, yes. that doesn't go in with profit. You know, ethical capitalism is something I learned in uh, business school. Ethical yep. capitalism. Hey, this cost <laughs> me one dollar. I'm going to sell it for two. That's a hundred percent markup. That works. I yep. can become a millionaire. Man, when did we start marking up something that costs a dollar, a hundred dollars? You know, that's 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 that, that's and, the and media that's for profit, problem. though. Yeah, big greed. It's the greed. Big greed. If you yep. think anybody in the media 
is having a, an issue during the coronavirus times. Uh, no, they're they're buying bigger houses. I promise. You know. Oh well, look at Amazon and look at yeah. all these guys. You know, yeah. they're, they're, what what was it yesterday? They said Apple went with uh, three trillion profit. <laughs> or, or worth three trillion. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was but, it was uh, it was up there. It was a new word or something, right? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's a yeah. new word nobody knows about. That's yeah. how rich they got. <laughs> <how> rich they <laughs> are. So, so 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 how is that accepted by everybody? That's also preaching about you know inequality and everything. That's accepted in there, and in some form, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're on their side. Oh yeah. So 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 how is that right? Why doesn't he give a couple trillion dollars to the people that are in the bottom? <laughs> it's like you know, if you, if you're gonna go that route, you you start you start opening all these little boxes, right? And then and then it doesn't get solved. So it has to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. You if, know, if, if the system for... has to be fixed. And like you said, you you do one plus one, I got two. Wow, I made money, huh? right? Now it's plus one hundred, plus a thousand, plus a million, and it's like. You know, they're buying islands, you know, I'm going to have my own island, my own bubble and nobody, no diseases will come to get me, <laughs> you know, they're going to do that. So, you know, and the rest of us will, you know, we're, we're coronavirus. Yeah, so, we're, you know, freedom it, is an island. <laughs> I love it. Education, my friend, when we talk about we need to educate people. Well, it got replaced with marketing. And that is yeah. why we hate everything right now. But let me tell you guys what you cannot hate and you got to make sure you pick up. This is the album that really shows our conversation, I think, right there, and, and you nail it, and that's Unconquered, the latest record from Cataclysm. Like you said, 14 records in, man. You guys really, that's why I brought it up. You knocked it out of the park. The, the fact that you keep finding that energy to, to make records this far into your career as strong as this, it's just, as a fan, it just makes me extremely happy. So everybody, make sure you're pre-ordering. Awesome. Again, Unconquered by Cataclysm, guys. September 25th. Make sure you pre-order. With that, I want to thank you, Maurizio, so much, man, for calling in to the Metal Sucks Thank podcast. you for giving me your time. And uh, for everybody out there, stay safe. And I hope we all get to get back to what we love to do. So all the best. Stay strong.
Seattle Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. The first song you heard is off the latest record from Cataclysm, Unconquered. That record is coming out September 25th. That song is the opening track to the record. That is the kill shot. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering the album. Fantastic record. They really knocked it out of the park, and, and as we talked about in the interview, we don't want this record to slide away, and the fact he put it out, is very metal in my opinion as well to be like, hey fans, this is what you need. This is what you're going to get from us. So guys, make sure you're pre-ordering this record, Unconquered, September 25th. Next song you heard is from a band called Hinayana. That's H-I-N-A-Y-A-N-A. That song is called Cold Conception. It's featuring the late Natur Ganga Bagal from, from Tenger Cavalry. Guys, make sure you're checking out this record. It's fantastic. It's called Death of the Cosmic. It's coming out August 28th. You're getting a slow clap, buddy. Yeah, August 28th, guys. So make sure you're pre-ordering. Fantastic record. Um, thank you both very Good. much. Wow. Very that much. Was, that was linguistics. <laughs> oh, no. Linguistics. <laughs> August 28th, guys. Make sure you're pre-ordering. Once again, Hina, Yana, H-I-N-A-Y-A-N-A. August 28th is my 40th birthday. Yes. Oh, my I will goodness. be 40. Yes. The day that record old. comes out. Yeah. Oh, so man. I will celebrate with buying a record. That's for good. sure. You deserve it, buddy. Yeah, yeah so You deserve it. Made it to 40. Made God it to 40. damn it. Let's get this guy a cookie. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stick it up my wear. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, guys. So with that, I want to thank everybody out there for your five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. That's all we ask for as a team out here. We don't ask nothing from you guys. We'll keep popping out the shows, keep making time for the interviews, doing everything, making the deadline every week. We're artists, you sons of bitches. For you guys, all we ask for is that five-star review. We don't need comments. Just click the five-star button, mm -hmm. and we're happy. And also, we really appreciate anybody that's willing to check out our other podcast, Rise to Offend, our documentary podcast. Sylvia, we should make a Pete statue. Yeah. And see if Pete wants to tear it down. I don't Vandalize want to. Vandalize his own statue. <laughs> <laughs> I will put in my will, if I ever was famous, do not make a fucking statue of oh, me. Man. I'm not that important. But what if I, want, know, like, what if I want to like, put you in my living room and yeah. be like, hey, buddy, what's up? And then have a high five. Like, have you if you're my friend, like, 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 look, look, high five yeah, ready. And I have your high five. Man. I will be buried in the ground at a cemetery. Buried. If you're my friend, you oh, come man. over there and you say, what's up? You drop a flower, give me an Evian water. I like, I like oh, that man. water. And we're good. Okay, that's all. Evian and a flower. Even give me a high five on the on the on the ground and be what like, "What I want? I miss you, buddy." No, how about this? We stuff you, and then Don't I can give you a taxidermy. Yes, then I can give you the high five, and you can shape him or like yeah. pose him however you want. I don't trust you around my stuffed penis. Dude, <laughs> it's always going to be ready for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, let's do this. Yeah. No stuffing me. Oh, man. So now you're going to stuff him. No, I would put him in the ground so I can visit him. I'm going to stuff this dick in your mouth. Sorry. That was forced. <laughs> that was, that on was this really dick. Thank you, Sylvia. You're welcome. You know, last week I said we, we did nothing but ass talk with Jocelyn, and yeah. all we do is talk about dicks when Sylvia's here. I said that last She's week. She's obsessed with and it. Dick. She doesn't do it. You do it. You bring up dicks all the time in front of her. Yeah, but then I... And then she jumps then on the she dick. she jumps because on <laughs> it. Oh, wow. All right. We're, <laughs> we'll see you guys dick. next week. Next week. Sorry. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. <laughs>